Welcome to the Sibling Rivalry Podcast. I'm middle brother Jesse, here with big brother John and little sister Amy, and we've got a semi-special guest today, Jack O'Dell. Uh, we're going to be talking about writing, and Jack is a writer. How's it going, guys? Good. Good. <laughs> what, a, what a great intro for me. I've always wanted to be considered semi-special. <laughs> yeah. So uh, thanks. You usually say very special guest, but I I just want you. No, it's fitting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you need to earn that moniker, <laughs> particularly you. I can't just give it to you, or else you'll rest on your laurels. Is there a chance that there will be another introduction at the end where you will refer to me as marginally special, <laughs> a little bit more special than you yeah. were an hour ago, or like, a little less? <laughs> okay, <laughs> your introduction. I'll try to stay focused. Yeah. Um, so you uh, you wrote a book, mm-hmm. and you wrote several short stories. Yes. And you've since you've actually recently devoted your entire life to writing. Y- yeah. And that scares the shit out of everybody who cares about you. <laughs> is this is this an intervention? This is an intervention. This, <laughs> Thank you for coming <laughs> and for wearing a blazer. Non-judgmental space. <laughs> So you guys like wrote letters and they're going to tell me what's wrong with me now? <laughs> Your writing makes me feel like you're just masturbating all day. <laughs> well, that's part of the artistic process. So Don't even get defensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's all accurate. I, I wrote a book and some short stories, um, none of which anyone who's listening to this has ever read. Can they read it? Um, are they literate? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I would guess if they're listening right now, their their literacy is in question. Yeah. When is the book on tape coming out? <laughs> uh, no. Cur- currently, none of it has been published. Um, so, if you wanted to read it, you would have to contact me, and I would send you. A shoebox full of <laughs> <laughs> scraps. <laughs> yeah, it's all, it's all written on post-its. Uh, it's about it's about ninety thousand words on post-it notes in varying colors. But so the novel's done. Yeah, the novel is is complete. It is a trilogy, not a, not really a serial type of thing. It's more one cohesive story that gets told in three parts. So is that three novels? Um, <laughs> so you wrote three books. <laughs> it, it depends we, on we if don't I don't know anything about writing. <laughs> it <laughs> depends on if I put it all in one shoebox or if I split it into three shoeboxes. <laughs> you taped three books together. <laughs> so are they all in the same setting? Yeah, they're all the same setting with the same characters. Um, there's just sort of there were sort of three natural breaking points in what I conceived to be the original story, and because they were because it was so long, I felt I thought it was a little more palatable as three separate works, and and because there is a little bit of a break between them. Um, Good, thank so, you. Broken into three. <laughs> yeah, people like John really. <laughs> books are so long. I definitely need a break. Even though I skipped to the last page, anyways, just read how it ends. And so now then, you'll read three and take pages a break. <laughs> just one. <laughs> so, what do you write uh, now? What do you write every day? Um, so, since <clears throat> I began my my writing odyssey, uh, where where I do nothing but write um, and wear blazers and wear blazers, the problem is I I only have I have two blazers. And I'm, I'm told that I look like an idiot in one of them. <laughs> this one? <laughs> so you didn't wear the other one? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. 
it was a podcast. I thought this was the only opportunity to wear the ugly blazer. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So this I, is a judgmental space. <laughs> <laughs> I found this out the hard way when I admitted that I don't always brush my teeth twice a day. Oh, who, who has time for that? Thank you. They're going to judge the did. shit out of you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so in addition to brushing my teeth, one and a half times a day on average. Uh, I, I write, I, I um, was writing a lot of short stories for a while um, to sort of take a break from from the novel and to, to get some new <coughs> ideas. Um, and since then, um, you know, you start kind of submitting those. It's, it's sort of contest and submission season right now. Um, a lot of places have December and late November deadlines. So you submit those. And, and then lately I've started a new a new novel length type of work but it's 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 early so it's it's like when you're gonna have a baby you don't want to tell anybody about it until you're like sure that it's gonna <laughs> still be, gonna a be a baby yeah. i could i could i could off this novel at any point i could just take it <laughs> it's still in the first it. trimester <laughs> exactly i could this the wire thing hanger this <laughs> is stack of post-its <laughs> it, essentially it could it could be a barrel fire really soon. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Did you write any Christmas short stories? I didn't write any Christmas short stories. Um, that's a that's an interesting conflict I've been having lately. Is to what to what level do I need to be socially responsible? Like, can I can I write Christmas stories, or am I just disenfranchising all the you know all the non Christmas people out there? Can I, can I write a Christmas story? Um, wow. Yeah, I think so. Right? I mean, it's probably you? better for your career if you write a Hanukkah story. No, that's true. As far as getting an agent, <laughs> he's trying to being, get an agent. Oh. Yeah. Um, what's that guy gonna look? Like? I need to pander. <laughs> <laughs> you got to pander to the powerful people. Okay. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I've never written any Christmas stories. Um, my writing does tend to be sort of seasonal. I just find myself writing about the fall when it's fall and winter when it's winter. But no, no Christmas stories. Do you write literally every day? Um, some days I write figuratively. <laughs> What's that? Was that like? the question? Yes. No, I, I write. <laughs> um, I write almost every day. Okay. Uh, for at least a couple hours. Um, it's some days. It's, it's hard because you want to treat it like a job and you want to be, you know, you want to put in the time and schedule it and, and have these goals. But at the same time, so much of what gets written ends up thrown away every day that sometimes it's just so disheartening that I, I feel like, oh, well, I've got to get in my X amount of hours. Mm-hmm. But realizing that, that 90% of those hours are going to generate nothing but garbage. So what's, a, what's the point of doing it? If you're gonna throw it away, uh, I mean, just sort of the that that just ends up being my process. Um, you know, there's there's several drafts that go into it, and and while some of it will wind up, you know, being deleted or, or just being being used as learning material, you know, there's never been a good draft of anything written ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. That's something they don't tell you too much in in writing school is that you're going to throw away like everything. Like your first draft is going to suck, but good news, your second draft is going to suck a little bit less. So they should probably yeah. have like a whole semester of throwing things away. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Paper shredding. Paper shredding Paper should have been a class. Uh, that's kind of true of everything too. This podcast, for instance, um, we throw away about eighty percent. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we are totally wasting your time. <laughs> We're gonna basically introduce you. Like the the podcast is ultimately gonna be that that mediocre introduction from Jesse, and then um, a little bit better outroduction, if that's a word. Mm, definitely, <laughs> and nothing in between. Everything else is getting scrapped. Well, it's going to be solid gold if we cut out all this crap that we're trying to do right now. <laughs> For sure. <clears throat> so what's it like now 
I mean, what's it like now meeting new people and talking about what you're doing with your life? I, I try as hard as I possibly can to not <laughs> talk about it with new people. Yeah. Do you yeah. lie to them? Uh, I will. I will try to lie by omission mm-hmm. and hope that. We know what you're doing. I have no problem. I have no problem when someone asks me what I do. I'll just tell them I'm not working right now. And I just hope that my mom hmm. or or my girlfriend or someone is not standing nearby to go, he's writing a book. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because everyone thinks it's just this, everyone thinks it's this romantic thing and it's so beautiful and I like sit down and this muse works through my body. But it's not like that. It's just me. Like right with a feather like quill pen yeah yeah. (laughs) quill pen and like birds come and sit on the windowsill and translate their thoughts into a a beautiful sonnet that's not it 90 percent of it is me sitting in front of a computer screen going well that sucks delete (laughs) just a lot of cussing yeah yeah a lot of cussing Uh, (laughs) yeah but no i try I, i try not to talk to people about it and when i do uh, I try to be as vague as possible and then move on mm. to other topics. Ugly blazers, for instance. <laughs> that's, well, so that's the reason. Mm-hmm. Have a blazer and a beard so that there's other stuff to immediately change the subject to. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm sure that, I mean, we probably even asked one of the more annoying questions, which is like... You um, asked all of them. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying. We're, we're, we're done. We're way. done. The podcast is over. We <laughs> asked all the annoying questions. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But it's just like immediately like, oh, well, do you have anything published? As though like like you were just offered a book deal and that's where you became a writer. You know, right. like it's it's like, yeah, I don't have anything published. You have to start somewhere, you know, dick. That you have to write like, something <laughs> get it published. <laughs> right. right. And it almost feels like you have to write something and then almost, it, it almost feels like you need to know someone. Like you either need to know someone or you just need to be ready to fail so many times yeah. and that's the case with just about everything I think. or you need to be that sully guy like he can just write a book and it'll get public you know the guy who landed a plane in the hudson like if you're that guy <laughs> just, oh yeah <laughs> you just write a book and like yeah so be famous for something other than yeah writing right it's it's really easy to get people to pay attention to you when you're already famous maybe you should try the pen name kim kardashian <laughs> <laughs> that, that would confuse people a lot. <laughs> it's like a western by Kim Kardashian. Yeah. 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 Uh, oh, uh, a semi-literary western with specks of magical realism. <laughs> and they're like, wait, where's the part about Ray J? <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think that this is a metaphor for her butt. <laughs> Gigantic grease <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure her fans are constantly looking for metaphor. <laughs> they would they would be able to make the entire trilogy just into one big metaphor. Just like yeah, well, the, the entire story is just about a huge ass in the old Wild West. <laughs> wild West in this case being Calabasas. <laughs> I isn't there isn't there a reality show? Isn't that an allegory? Aren't, aren't I supposed to be finding deep meaning from that? Yeah. I've always thought that it was was representing the struggles of us. As <laughs> I deeply identify with the struggles chronicled in that show. <laughs> it's so moving. Sometimes your sister just doesn't get you and steals your clothes. So this is the... I don't know. I, I don't want to keep bringing us back to this too much, but like this is something that's just kind of... Um, interesting to me and, and a little bit important to me personally like we all have done some form of writing not necessarily professionally um, but I mean you know at least in college mm-hmm. but at I mean, least Amy, our name at the top of the page <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you know and writing checks to whoever does our homework <laughs> yeah. but no like I mean Amy, Amy blogs um, and it's pretty sporadic and you know, I've I've written for newspapers. I've written just kind of for myself. Um, Let's hear it, Jesse. <laughs> Jesse, I saw Jesse write an email. 
just, yeah, the other just, day. Yeah. <laughs> he, periods. He either wrote me a text or he sat on his phone <laughs> a couple days ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like the so the point is, I mean, even if you're doing it just sporadically, like it's it's sometimes it's hard to to be inspired to write. And especially for me, anyways, like to do it, to sit down and do it consistently sounds really hard. There's seriously times where I just don't feel like, um, like I have the inspiration. Sometimes I just don't even feel smart enough. Sometimes I seriously sit down to write something and I'm just like, I'm way too dumb to do this. This is not going to happen. I'm just too stupid. That's all it is. And so I guess, like, my question is, how do you... Do you think John's too stupid? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's be honest. Okay, now it's, it's my intervention. Yeah. <laughs> so how, how do I get past the fact that I ne- almost never feel like writing and that it's not very much fun a lot of the time? <laughs> Don't well, become a writer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I assume that you're way more motivated to do it consistently than I am, but I, I still, I'm just guessing that there are times where the inspiration just seriously is not there and you're just not coming up with anything to write. How do you still write when you feel like there's nothing to write? Yeah, that that actually happens a lot. And it it almost sounds stupid when I think about it. But I spend several hours a week, a week writing when I have nothing to say. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, like I said, th- those first drafts are just terrible. They're just so they're so bad. And but there's there's always something to salvage, even if it's just a sentence or a, a new word that I used, or <laughs> you can't make up words. <laughs> That's not really Wait, right. <laughs> what are you guys? <laughs> Hold on, are we going to be able to understand your book? <laughs> Can we pause the podcast? <laughs> I'd like some clarification. I gotta go. <laughs> But he it just runs out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> it is hard, and it's not always. It's almost never fun. Mm-hmm. But the the growth from the first draft to the second draft is considerably like the the amount that that gets better is almost larger than going from a blank piece of paper to a first draft. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the first draft is just, like you just know it's going to be crap. Like you just know it's going to suck. But just getting it down, even if even if what you're writing, even if you read it back and you say, well, not that, mm-hmm. that's not what I'm going to write. You've, you've narrowed your, you've narrowed your possibilities a little bit, but just, just getting words on the paper um, allows you a much better jumping off point than a blank piece of paper. And so the growth really happens after that first draft, and it, it just I, it just will be terrible. Yeah. So you think it's worth it to make yourself sit down, even if you're not feeling it, and just write instead of just waiting till you're inspired. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you're trying, you know, trying to sort of make a career of it. Um, if I waited to be inspired, I would probably write like four hours a week. But sometimes. Sometimes that inspiration comes in the middle of writing. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you just the, the the hardest word is the first one. It's it. tried the <laughs> every time. <laughs> like instead the. of a blank page, it just says the. Like that's yeah. your template. Yeah. I kind of like that idea. <laughs> I, I'm sure it wouldn't work for you, but for me, that's yeah. <laughs> I might, John. I have some templates I'd like to sell to you. <laughs> It'd be really helpful. Oh my god, I'm gonna be so rich. <clears throat> I'll never have writer's block. I'll never have, to, never have to look at a blank page again. If if you're worried about that, may I suggest Mad Libs? <laughs> like, yeah, I already do that. <laughs> I wrote a killer. Mad Lib the other day. <laughs> the googly football player. <laughs> googly. <laughs> Do make up Are you able to be like, I mean, 
maybe this is too existential, but <laughs> or, are you able to be honest about your work? I mean, all I've ever heard you say is just how much of it is shit, basically. Like, are you? Do you ever just say, okay, that's good, you know, or? How are you at evaluating it? Or do you just always think it's shit? <laughs> um, <laughs> so the best quote I ever read on this um, was that finishing a piece of writing is like putting an octopus to bed. You, <laughs> oh yeah. You try to yeah. You try to tuck one arm in, and another arm just shoots right out. Uh. And so it's almost just you reach a point where it could get better but you you don't have the heart to stick with it anymore like you just reach this point where it's good enough and that is a really that is a really weird notion when talking about art it kind of means that masterpieces don't exist and like, i would agree with that <laughs> like catcher in the rye was just like okay fuck it <laughs> this is as good as this piece of shit's gonna get. Right. Everybody else is like masterpiece, right? And the others like fucking fine. Here, take it. <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's that's one of those things you have to train yourself almost not to believe in. Like you, you want to revere other artists, but if you just are like, well, I'll never create anything like that. And and I'm not saying I will. I'm not saying that if I continue to work, I'm gonna write like like William Faulkner but there was a point when people like him would just be like well that'll that'll do yeah, that, yeah. Uh, there she is you know I mean it it kind of just you make it just sound like a normal job like you know there are days where you don't want to do it but you fucking have to and you know it's never perfect there's never a perfect day you know I never build a perfect structure you can you finish the structure at some point because you have to just get paid but <laughs> You know, it, it's not like it's not like just sitting around and channeling the universe and being creative. It's not. It's it's a lot like just a job, just a regular ass job. It's considerably less romantic in the moment than than I would like for it to be. Do you ever do like Taco Tuesdays or something to spice up the workplace? <laughs> I, I, I actually do have a writing schedule, and I have I have. <laughs> Do you have, like, casual Fridays? <laughs> I do. I, I sometimes will do casual Friday. Oh, that's awesome. Because Ashley, my girlfriend, does <clears throat> casual Friday for her work, and so sometimes I'll just, you know, out cash it up. <laughs> I will definitely out casual her. She can't wear sweatpants to work. <laughs> so, wait, do you actually dress up to, like, sit in your house and write? I try to. I try to put on clean clothes. <laughs> Wow, that's a good yeah, clean, no, that's like a start, mm, good, at least a good T-shirt, you know? Yeah, like not a not that T-shirt I got from that charity race I ran three years ago, but like a like a nice T-shirt. But sometimes I wear blazers. I have two blazers. <laughs> I'd like to tell you about both of them, <laughs> and we'd love to hear it. <laughs> But I, I try, here's the motivation. If I put on clothes that I would rather not have wrinkled, I am considerably less likely to take a nap. <laughs> considerably. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Because, yeah, you work from home right now. Like, um, whenever I work from home, I find I have to, like, put on shoes and, like, work clothes <clears throat> and, you know, Mm -hmm. act like I'm about to work or else I'm going to be in home mode like I'm going to I'll end up watching the prices right if I'm dressed like a guy who's going to watch the prices right I'll watch the fucking prices right yeah sometimes I put on work boots <laughs> just to, like, like to just to, to signify that I'm going to work even though I'm just like moving over one room from the bedroom to the office to edit or to write or podcast or you know whatever like plan out an interview something like that yeah I'll put on work boots first sometimes and sometimes like if I'm gonna go to the library to work I'll pack my lunch in a lunch pail yeah <laughs> they put on your work boots like a and metal one <laughs> a whistle blows and you start shoveling coal <laughs> put on my hard hat and he's got like black shit all out of his face <laughs> in the library 
<laughs> like a light on your head. Like, <laughs> I like make the make the librarians give me a, a time card, like a clock that I stick it in and go. It has to be loud. You should yeah. steal one of their little book carts and just push stuff around on it. <laughs> <laughs> like complain about like, trying to unionize the other people in the library. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a very good way to get a lot of writing done. But if it, if it works for you. It takes a you. lot of work. But, and, and, it's, and it's a little bit cheesy, but I mean, it's definitely a good way to, to take yourself seriously as... A worker even though what you're doing at least for what I'm doing isn't really a job <laughs> what you're doing is still a job but what I'm doing not really a job so far why because uh, I have to because if I forget to put on work boots <laughs> I'm not working <laughs> I think you have much more of a job than I do though because other people ask you to do things Nobody asks me to do anything. Like, stop pushing that cart around. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, people are like, hey, John, show up at this time, and we're going to have you do this because we value what you do. Hmm. Yeah, I suppose. Although that's why you're here right now. <laughs> so, so when we hit record this this consummated my job yeah congrats wow. yeah congratulations so will there be a paycheck amy do I, who do i talk to about jesse do i have my <laughs> <laughs> hr on this project <laughs> you're, you're already used to to relying on jesse for a paycheck that's true <laughs> that's why he had to go elsewhere <laughs> Ride another hogue, but <laughs> <laughs> um, here's something that I've been wondering. I, I mean, clearly, the trilogy, at least, is um, Star Wars. Are we talking Star Wars? Now? <laughs> <sighs> that's way more than a trilogy. Now, oh yeah, that's true. We're about to start the third trilogy. What's, like what's that called? Tri trilogy. 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 Yeah. Um but uh yeah, so the the novels are clearly they're they're based on uh like country living it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Um which country living like churn and butter? <laughs> like churn yeah. Do you have churn and butter in the book? They talk about churn and butter. <laughs> <laughs> they don't do it. Yeah, this guy I don't like <laughs> write 15 pages about how beautiful it was to churn the oh butter. Oh my gosh, people will totally believe it's Kim Kardashian. <laughs> <laughs> churn butter on that, the internet. That could actually be <laughs> <laughs> I think it is entirely possible to write 15 pages about Kim Kardashian herself churning butter and have people want to read it. Yeah. Oh yeah, you get instantly published. Yeah, for sure. If you guys yeah. will excuse me. <laughs> yeah, hand check. <laughs> Um, but, uh, so you know, we all grew up in a small town together. Um, we've actually, we've been friends for a long time, longer than we haven't, I think, um, at this point. Jack and I aren't friends yet. <laughs> have, you, have you been introduced? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to introduce you to my friend Jack. <laughs> I write books about him. <laughs> Turning butter. <laughs> Um, but I mean, it's it's been at least fifteen years, probably more than that. So, um, and kind of one of the 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 ties that that binded all of us. Well, I mean, the three of us clearly like bloodlines, but um, that's pretty with, inconsequential. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that it was also um, even more than the bloodlines was uh, our geographical location. So, um, but that was that was kind of what galvanized our friendship was surviving a stupid shitty small town but it sounds like now you're kind of writing about small town life um and maybe in a way that uh that makes it sound like it didn't suck is that true uh i don't know that i'm trying to make it sound like it didn't suck but absolutely the <clears throat> the 
<clears throat> original idea for the book came to me because of Strasbourg Hometown Days Festival, which for anyone who awesome. doesn't know what Strasbourg Hometown Days Festival is, it's like just a slew you... of rednecks. Yeah. So you made an entire trilogy out of the, the cow flop, the shitting, yeah. shit, cow shitting on a grid. Yeah. Cow crap bingo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, basically, no. So, so in the book, there is it is basically the history of that festival. In my eyes, it's a it's a fictionalized history of why every year in the middle of August everybody gets together and has a little hoot nanny. And so, so this was a made up history of that beginning back in the late eighteen hundreds before there was anything around um and how that came to be and but the town certainly the the book makes it clear that life in the town has its has its downfalls it fucking blows it's not a lot of fun right it fucking blows <laughs> it taught it in fact that's kind of one of the biggest running jokes is that like <laughs> these people are so amazing because they can continue to live <clears throat> in a town this horrible. <laughs> um, and so really, you know, if you wanted to sum up the book and the three books in, in, in a sentence, it's essentially these, these poor farmers um, confronting the realization that they actually do live in kind of a beautiful place for its, for its openness and its possibility and its, and its freedom. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, that just reaffirms to me that this is kind of about us in a way too <laughs> because um what made us awesome was that we survived and <laughs> well <laughs> <laughs> there was like running water <laughs> we never farmed anything yeah we turned butter as a gas <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we hunted a lot of rabbits and we yeah. ate none of them. No. And it, was, yeah. it was sheerly for the sport. Yeah. <laughs> that was a really disturbing day, by the way. Any running with like, rattlesnakes were completely <clears throat> voluntary on our part. Absolutely. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so is there... Are, are we going to find characters in the novel that resemble any of us i'd like i'm i'm really particularly curious what um an amy character in your trilogy would uh would be like there's there's no one that's entirely based on people we knew and part of that is because the 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 book and a lot of the characters in the book have a little bit of a, an otherworldly feel they're just these people are are <clears throat> They're so authentic Jack, that they're I'll a little peculiar. John, they need to actually be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that was well said. <laughs> What's not interesting about pushing your car home 15 miles? For fun. Like, the car was fine. That is just, not interesting. That's not nothing interesting better to do. Also, cars weren't invented yet, which is a little bit of a problem. Nor were roads. Push at the time of my book, you push your horse home. <laughs> <laughs> no, people just like rolling it. Push it on like, its ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's just like sitting there. Just a bunch of giggling teenagers. <laughs> Shoving a horse through the mud. <laughs> it's just still chewing some shit. <laughs> In the book, who and it's not actually based on who he is, but I used his name. Um, is our friend Brian Johnson, and he is just this little twerp. <laughs> yep, <laughs> like he's not. He's a he's he's a pretty minor character, and he's just a pain in the butt. And like I think the only time he actually has any dialogue, he's crying through it. <laughs> but he's not based on. <laughs> How do you? How do I make the podcast audience know that I'm winking right now <laughs> when I say it's not based on Brian Johnson? <laughs> but no, I uh, there, you know, you. I don't think that very many writers have ever had an original thought. In a way, all we do is cobble together all the things that we know, 
Mm-hmm. We're not we're not really inventing people so much <laughs> as as dissecting all the people we've ever met and then putting them back together like this little Frankenstein. And all the all the characters are just Frankensteins of all the people I've ever met and all the things I've ever read and all the movies I've ever seen. Um, so that's my way of saying that you're all in the book. <laughs> Even though none of you are in the book. <laughs> so, which uh, which character? Uh, actually, which what characteristics of present company um, somehow made it into one of the, at least one of the characters? <laughs> um, Jack, please talk about us more. Okay. <laughs> I certainly. <laughs> This podcast is for us. There are probably <laughs> lines in there as far as, you know, the parlance of a, of a sort of frontier, the, the way they speak on the frontier. That was very much informed by, by John and Jesse. And they're just so it's, and I think you guys got it from a lifetime of hearing creative uses for, for the word shit. Yeah. <laughs> and... <laughs> For you know, for the, the the ways that could be applied in conversation. So there's certainly, I would say, more than anything, the the, the company in the room were certainly they had a hand in in the way that the people talk, and it's it's foul mouthed, but it's very creatively foul mouthed at times. That's true. Yeah. But I certainly got that from you guys. See, aren't you glad that I asked that? Yeah. Like that's good to know. That's a good feeling. That's true. To know that Give we we influenced like an entire an entire era, an entire generation. Like well, way before we were even born, we influenced them on how they talk. Yeah, John. <laughs> that's yeah. Not at all. All right. <laughs> yeah. Jack, I gotta apologize. <laughs> John's real shit. See, <laughs> look how judgmental it is here. I hope you didn't think you were getting like an NPR. Terry <laughs> <laughs> <Like Gary> Gross. <laughs> so, so Jack Odell. Yeah, I'm kind of ruining your TED talk here. <laughs> Jack Odell, I wonder, do you consider yourself? A supreme appreciator of uses of the word shit. (laughs) (laughs) You do a really mean Terry Gross. That's pretty good. I could do Terry Gross the rest of the time. (laughs) Whatever you answer a question on. But he's being way more mean to me than Terry Gross right now. Terry Gross hasn't met you. (laughs) What? She would be mean to you. (laughs) She would. (laughs) She's a... (laughs) <laughs> You're gonna take on Terry Gross. <laughs> Gross. Gotta start somewhere, right? Damn. God. Just start tweeting at her. Just mean tweets at, at Terry, Terry Gross. Gross. Fuck you. Can't believe what you've been pulling lately, Gross. <laughs> so, Jack, do you um, do you like openly recognize any other authors as an influence or artists in general for this particular book? Definitely. Um, so, I mean, it's it's hard to it's hard to really get into a book that I'm reading and not try to at least steal something from that author. Author, I, you know, I'm not entirely trying to emulate them, but I'm I'm taking from them. You know, I'm I'm seeing things that I like and and appropriating them for my own uses. Um, for for the book that I wrote, for it's called it's called the Daphne Creek Wonder Days Festival. Um, I certainly, I certainly stole from a favorite author of mine named Tom Robbins, who uh, he writes sort of their their uh, interesting pieces about things that take place in what seems to be a very real world, but it's just a little off, and the characters are a little bit off. Um, almost, it's it's almost like a magic that you can't really put your finger on, like you wouldn't point out and say, "Oh, this guy shoots smoke out of his face." It's just like, "Oh, this guy's." Peculiar, so that certainly, certainly inspired me. But yeah, I definitely steal from everything I've ever liked. I think you mean Tim Robbins, Miss <laughs> Mr. Susan Strandon. Sorry, go ahead. <clears throat> Continue. You mean? Uh, <laughs> we'll edit that out. You mean? Don't worry about John, it. <laughs> Are you talking about Nuke Lelouch from Blue Yes. Durham? Yes. 
Nuclelouch is so awesome. Def, so Can Daphne, we all take our shirts off? <laughs> <laughs> so Daphne Creek Wonder Days Festival Festival is based on Bull Durham. Breaking news. <laughs> it's about baseball. Well, I did, I did not say. <laughs> that's not published. I've yet. stolen something from everyone I've ever liked. So, in a way, in in the same way that that the main character is based on you, John. Yeah. This book is about the main character. Is based on me. <clears throat> that's what I said. <laughs> he knows you won't read it. <laughs> yeah. Just go. He's gonna read the last page anyway. His name's John Hogue. He's good looking and he's a real lady killer. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so what is the main character's actual real name? The the main character is named Shadron. Okay. Shadron, like the town in Nebraska. That's yeah. where I stole his name from. See, I steal everything. I've never had an original thought in my whole life. Yeah. What's an example of, like, the mysticism that's present in the book? Like, I, I, I guess I'm having a hard time understanding yeah. that. So it can be, I mean, it can be, you know, some of the characters are, are entirely just normal. Um, there's a guy, for example, there's a crazy old guy who lives in town who has spent every single moment of his life up on his roof oh, in, in the daytime. Oh, and nobody really awesome. knows why. And he'll just, like, holler things at people. And if any, if any, <laughs> these sparrows keep trying to build nests under his roof, and he's always chucking crap at them and cussing at them and telling them he's going <laughs> to kill them and make a suit out of birds. <laughs> and then they won't know that he's a man and he'll kill them all. And so... You know, his <laughs> he, he's just a little wacky. Um, some of the some of the more important characters, um, Shadron, for example, the, the main character, he's this boy who's been orphaned, um, and he doesn't know that he's got this knack for when he when he kind of looks into the night sky, which he actually, for reasons, never does until he's about fourteen years old. He um, he kind of sees visions in the night sky, but they he has no idea what to do with them. Like they're not, it's not it's not a very useful skill to have, and so it's kind of about him learning why he is the way he is and, and coping with the fact that he was abandoned at the age of seven, um, but he's got this little this little mystical ability that serves no real purpose for him. So it's it's things like that, little just little bits of magic and people that that seem mostly real but are actually off in their own little ways. What if you guys tell me? Why siblings are important to art? They aren't. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> They're not important to anything other than to have a reason for a podcast. Every time I'm going to do something creative, I act like I'm an only child. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I feel like only children make the worst artists. Because their whole lives, no one's been there to... To, to like tell them they're yeah brain. tell them they're stupid yeah, yeah. like yeah. oh every yeah. thought you have and everything you say <laughs> is valuable yeah when that's not true well yeah. Josh is such a goddamn prick you must be you <laughs> will be fine then right every time I hit the delete key I hear Josh going no no you just no. Like, <laughs> like I don't hear a click click anymore I just hear Josh going no you just not like that. rubbing alcohol to get the delete off and just write Josh <laughs> Josh. <laughs> Josh Josh that entire fucking page <laughs> I feel like you probably have a pretty good balance though with your siblings like I mean so Andy loves just like anything and everything that you do is that still true? Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, as long as I'm not trying to piss him off, he, he's he's open to it. Yeah. Nice. nice. <laughs> and like, I mean, Keely is like supportive, right? Like she she is now. She but didn't she used didn't, to be. No, when we really? were little, when we were little, Keely might be. Okay, so let me let me just digress for a second. Keely is responsible for two things in our family. <laughs> One is for taking this cat named Zipper and just turning it into just the scourge of our home. Ow. Oh, it was so terrible. She'd dress it up. She'd just squeeze it and make it meow. 
she, <laughs> this cat would hide under the bed and just waiting for you to try and grab it and then it would scratch your arms. It would stand there for days. <laughs> so she turned this cat into the terror that it was and she also probably made me into a writer when I was about two or three years old. How? The, the evidence is actually on an audio recording. My sister and I <laughs> should have brought it. I should have brought it. It's it's some it's missing somehow. But my sister and I were forced to clean our room. She was like four, I was like two, or somewhere around those ages. And you hear on the audio recording her just badgering me and telling me I gotta clean the room. And then at some point she finds this little picture of Jesus. And on the recording you hear her go, Jack, this is Jesus. He's God's son. Everybody believes in Jesus. Except for you, Jack. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and then, so, like, that was the point at which I realized what a radical I was. <laughs> and that maybe I saw things a little differently than some other people. And, and not that what I had to say was worthwhile, but it was at least a change of pace. So my sister made a terrible cat. <laughs> and she made me a writer. Wait, did three-year-old Jesus, or did three-year-old Jack... Um, not believe in Jesus? I was told I didn't believe in Jesus. <laughs> oh, okay. You, when you're three years old and you have older siblings, they're yeah. right. Yeah. They're right. Yeah. That's also like a really early lesson in like how people can use religion to control other people. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that extreme though. Like from, from three years old on, like she just, she turned you into an atheist. Well, four or five year old yeah. Keely just didn't have much. <laughs> you don't much know nuance. how much those I things think she stick knew. With you. She knew she was creating this little blaspheme <laughs> who one day was going to have to work out all his angst th- th- through writing. She knew. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make a little Kierkegaard <laughs> right now. <laughs> so calculated. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, but I think I think to be an artist and to be a writer, you. You certainly have to question a lot of things. And not like you have to question the things you're doing in your art, but you also have to question the things that you see in the world. And so, I mean, who questions things more than than someone who's spent the first 12 years of their life being told that they're wrong all the time? <laughs> <laughs> I think especially as the youngest kid, it takes some creativity to just have a will to live. <laughs> <laughs> you have to look Jesus. outside the box and think that there's something good about you. <laughs> <laughs> She's like laughing It's almost worse than that. It's like they they pretty comprehensively cover every thought you've ever had and mm-hmm. they've they've told you it's wrong. So not only do you have to find something that you're good for, but like you have to fit in the box that they've put you in and convince yourself that that's good. <laughs> it's not like you can actually spin anything. You just straight up have to lie to yourself. Yeah, it's not the yeah. physical abuse. I mean, the mental abuse sticks with you forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think when I was around the same age is when Jesse broke it down for me that um, my dad, there were there were three kids in my dad's family. The youngest was a girl and she was mentally retarded. Therefore, <laughs> in our family with two older brothers, the youngest girl is mentally retarded. So I believe... It's tradition. <laughs> it's tradition. <laughs> so I believed it. Then I went to my mom and asked her. <laughs> my exact words were, Mommy, am I retarded? And unfortunately, her response was, "Oh, sweetie, it's too young, or you're too young to tell." <laughs> so I've had a complex forever. <laughs> I'm still not sure. <laughs> and now you have a lot of stuffed animals and do a lot of coloring books, just in case. Yeah. 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 Well, if you're gonna do something, do it well. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, you do. I guess you do spend your whole life being in a little unit where, like, you're the dumbest one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it's not that you're not capable. It's just you're, you know, at least two years younger than the yeah. nearest one, which is a lifetime when you're three. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do, but I don't think there's there's never been a good artist who was an only child. You can look that up. 
It's a fact. That's probably true. I mean, they can they can be creative, like yeah, but they're, creative they're weird. like oh, I painted a nice piece of pottery at a pottery studio. Yeah, and yeah it's very they probably do shit like nice, that. Nice yeah. and it's clean and it's neat. Mm-hmm. Paint by numbers. Well, they can like. <laughs> 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 I mean, they they I I do I mean I don't think that only an only child can be a necessarily a good writer. Um, they can't but they i think that most like the 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 people who created most video games were probably only an only child for whatever reason like that they just have the aptitude for that because they're just they have this like baseline weirdness that the rest of us can't reach because we're kind of we're a little bit more grounded by our siblings yeah i think that i think that only children were not ruined like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, but they're allowed to be weird. I guess that's my point. And video games are weird. So, like, to be able to create, you know, Doom, like, you have to be a little bit fucking weird to come up with something like that. And that's where I think that being an only child probably led to the creation of Doom, for instance. Because they're not afraid to show their weirdness. Yeah. Where the rest of Because they don't know that it's weird. Keep it in a cage locked inside of our <laughs> fragile, ruined hearts. Yeah. 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 Because, yeah, if we started, if we talked about, you know, just like going around, um, you know, just like walking through a maze and shooting monsters and stuff, like your, your siblings are going to tell you how stupid that is and how you should start believing in Jesus instead. What if you're not allowed to believe in Jesus? <laughs> like I was. <laughs> John, do you think that only children are are driven more to do things that that can make other people happy as opposed to no, I siblings th- who are used to not making everyone happy? <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, maybe it's a little bit contradictory, but I think that um, that an only child is less likely to uh, to even give a shit about what makes other people happy. I don't think they think in those terms. I think, th- like, their entire life has been making themselves happy. And, um, and other people the, making them happy. Yeah. And other parents. Yeah. They haven't had to compromise. And, right. Like I have to all the goddamn time. (laughs) (laughs) Whereas, like, I mean, with siblings, even though they can be as judgmental, God, they can be judgmental. Um, But at the same time, like, making them happy um, sometimes is far, far more rewarding than making yourself happy. I mean, it gets her off your ass, right? About Jesus. Yeah, I don't know. So like see. in that particular instance, like how do I? I mean, how do I appease her? Yeah, you're right. You're right. I don't. <laughs> That's me. I'm a, I'm a godless little two-year-old. <laughs> I'm gonna go to two-year-old hell. <laughs> So who was recording this? <laughs> I, she was. She knew what was going on. She's like, I'm going to need to play this back. <laughs> yeah. She made torture tapes. <laughs> she did. She was really, she's one of the, she's very sweet now. And she's probably one of the most supportive people of my writing. But I think that's just from the guilt. One day, yeah, one day she's like, wow, I'm. <laughs> I really, <laughs> well, so I really screwed up with Jack. Maybe so, she listened to the tapes and she's like, yeah. fuck. So now, up. now as an adult, Keely does amazing things. I mean, so she's she's in a doctorate program. Um, she, uh, she's she been all around the world doing um, humanitarian work. <laughs> I thought I thought this podcast was about me. <laughs> no wonder she hated you. <laughs> She's a saint, and you're you know, all you want to do is talk about yourself. No, but um, I guess my point was just that, like, yeah, she now she does such great things, um, and it's because she, she maybe she feels bad about how she treated you. So you kind of dove on the grenade for the rest of the world, and. We owe you a great, a 
debt of gratitude for for that. <laughs> for taking the brunt of her wrath so that she could get it out of the way so that early. she could have to atone for herself the rest of her life <laughs> that too. Uh, you're welcome <laughs> imagine how different the world would be if siblings realized what they were doing to one another yeah yeah I mean it'd be a happier place so much <laughs> I think we'd always live in fear. Like, <laughs> fuck, what am I doing? <laughs> Did I just make Hitler? <laughs> I just wanted the last pig in a blanket, but did I make Hitler? <laughs> <laughs> That's actually like one of the hard things about parenting, I'm sure. It's like everything you do. Like, did I just fuck them up? Did I just ruin them? Are are we going to be okay after this? (laughs) I wonder if that's why the birth rate finally just kind of did a 180. Just like in the last few months, we're finally like dying faster than we're being born. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, that, that was just like in the last week that I heard that, in fact. <laughs> you read that on Twitter? <laughs> Humanity says. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was in one of Jack's books, but... <laughs> Tim Robbins said it. No, so I, we finally I, got negative population growth in the U.S.? Yeah. In the world? Certainly not in the world, right? Uh, definitely in the U.S. But, I mean, wouldn't that... I would that, think that would probably mean in the world. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think we're the ultimate <laughs> The richest country in the world is the most representative. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I didn't read the article. I read the headline and now I want to talk about it without being without having my feet held to the fire let me just blush my way out of this and and finish my point (laughs) which is that finally people people are so scared of having kids that they would rather just die instead (laughs) i gleaned all of this from one headline from one twitter (laughs) tweet (laughs) i would think that i personally would like to have multiple kids so that when that one comes to me and is like, hey, dad, uh, I want to be a writer or something even more messed up. Go hey, ask your brother. dad, <laughs> I'm a stripper. I'll be able to be like, well, your siblings did that to you. Yeah. I nailed it. Your siblings <laughs> messed it up. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> it gives you a goat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, (laughs) (laughs) well, we apologize. (laughs) Sorry about that. This has been sibling rivalry. I'm sorry. Rivalry. All right, <laughs> let's quit podcasting forever. <laughs> um, you can find Jack O'Dell at uh, jackodellwrites.com or on Twitter at Jack O'Dell Writes. Um, he also we, has a Facebook, right? Uh, specifically yeah, for writing. Yeah, I, yeah, on Facebook, and that can take you to any of my other internet places. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, John's website, sportsbrainsilk.com. Um, he's a, a sports writer, too. So so check all that out. Amy and I just go to work yep. and leave people the fuck alone. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this has been the Sibling Ravelry Podcast. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Follow us on iTunes. Uh, rate and review the podcast because that's, that's really what, what makes us totally rich. So thanks, guys. We could wrap it up with the sound of Jesse Peden. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs>
Give it a go, weak stream. <laughs> <laughs> Congrats on the new nickname. <laughs> but just catches cuts in with all of us yeah. in the bathroom. <laughs> come, on, come on, Twinkle Piss, let's hear it. <laughs> like holding both microphones like right next to the toilet. Yeah. We're not looking. We're not looking. <laughs> We're just listening. <laughs> just get some boom mics and stuff. And I'm just trying to push so hard. It's <laughs> something above a tickle. Yeah. I just end up shitting a lot. <laughs> We're like rushing to get the microphone from the toilet to like to next to your butt. <laughs> Don't explain any of it. Entirely out of context. Just sitting there shaking our heads. Gonna be so rich. <laughs> this is the best podcast ever. <laughs>